Hi, and welcome to Talking With Cancer. I'm Katie. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us today. So grab a coffee or a tea. In your favourite mug. Let's get settled down and begin this week's conversation. Hi, Katie. Hi, Claire. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's this week been like? I'm struggling in the mornings nowadays. I never used to be, but... Are you tired? I think I'm still, yeah, I'm still... Yeah, recovering. Still recovering. You're going to need a lot of rest, you know? know. Yesterday, I didn't have any rest, Claire. I went and met my friend. It was so nice to get out. (sighs) And we went for a walk in the rain, because it was like... I said to her, I would have given anything this time three weeks ago to walk in the rain, so let's just do it. Let's just do it. She was up for it. And then, do you know what was interesting yesterday? It was like... Noticing how people are when they see the scar, how okay, they react yeah. to me. Like, maybe I'm being a bit paranoid or sensitive about it, but, you know, like a shop assistant who, like, at first might have been a bit moody is suddenly, like, super helpful and friendly, like, to the extreme. Or Really? Yeah, like, that I particularly noticed. And then, I don't know, like, I kind of wonder if people see it when I'm you know, out in public places. But I don't know, like, maybe I'm just probably much more aware of it. But I guess you'll notice differences in behaviour from people and you'll notice glances or you'll... Because I imagine you're really self-conscious of it as well. So it's... It's weird. It's kind of like, I kind of almost want to go, look, it goes all... Yeah, you do want to show it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're looking front on, you kind of don't really know where it starts or ends, Yeah, you you can't see. I can just see a sort of, like, semicircle sort of from the side of your neck, sort of just to the side, but I can't see that it goes all the way. It goes all the way up to the back ear and all the way up to the other ear. I can see it. I can see it that side when it's in the shadow a bit more, but not in the... Yeah, yeah. Gosh, wow. Yeah, and then I've got a little scar you can't see, but it's there where the drain... Tiny, yeah. On, on the right side. And then I think there's a scar at the back where the other drain was. So I'm now kind of getting used to living with a scar and, like, you know, I think it will always be visible. You know, it won't be this extreme because, obviously, it's still... I mean, it, it, did I tell you it's basically glue? It was glued yes, on the outside. stitches on yeah. the inside and glue on the outside. That Yeah. And you said you could... Was it either... Was, you were saying you could peel it away? Ooh, like sealant. Like sealant. Yeah, it's quite yeah. satisfying, that <laughs> feeling, though. Like, literally, I was, like, peeling... Because it glue skin is like real skin so I was like at first I was like oh it's all bits of my skin and then I realized it's It's glue glue. so I've bought this silicone gel did I tell you I've started to massage it and stuff and I'm kind of like I'm getting more used to touching it I was gonna say how are you feeling about your neck because I know in the beginning you you said like I haven't washed my neck for like six weeks because I can't bear to touch it so how are you feeling about your neck now and the scar now and like tending to it and looking after it and yeah I went back to that place a little bit because, I mean, first of all, there is a visible lump which was always there on my left collarbone, and unfortunately, it's still there. Okay. And so we showed it to Prof Kim when we saw him a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, oh, uh, I missed that one, but that's very easy to get. So, like, the point is, it's very visible. And then the original one that I had at the back of my neck... Only yesterday did I go to feel for it, and it is actually still there. Okay. Although when Dinch had a feel of it, he wasn't sure that it was. So it's a bit hard to know what is going on there. I mean, you know, they got a lot out. Yeah. 
I was told from one of the scan results that like the disease is kind of pretty much cleared from my neck. So I don't know whether that original one is there or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot, it's a, there's weird sensations. There's a lot of numbness, mm-hmm. but there's also soreness. So I yesterday went and treated myself after this lovely day out. I went and had a massage. Yay, just... that makes me so pleased for you. Yes, sir. It was so good. But this left shoulder is still, it's not, I've got to keep moving it and rotating it because it's just not got the same movement. Is that post, right is that post-surgery? But it's, yeah. Yeah. And I could, it's weird. It's like, it's very numb, mm. but it's also sore. So I don't know how something can be numb, but also sore, but that's the only way I can describe it. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of giving it a good old move and, you know, moving stuff around. But then when I came out, because obviously your head is like in, in, the, the, hole, in the hole in the bed. Yeah. Yeah. So my neck was in like that position for ages and then I lay on my back. So, so my neck actually felt really stiff and I was like, oh no, maybe I shouldn't have had the massage. Maybe that's done something. You know, yeah. you just always You're are. on hyper, hypervigilant, hyper alert. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. But I'm definitely getting back to touching it. Like the skin around my, under my chin, it's still swollen mm-hmm. and it's really numb. The skin all around, like still around my neck and my ears. It's going to take a while yeah. for it to come back, I think. And have they given you an idea of, like, you know, recovery time in terms of, like, I don't know, some of those those side effects going down or...? For some reason, I've got six months in my head for okay. all those nerves to kind of mend and everything to go back to normal to how it was. But while it's mending, you get these sort of slight weird kind of electric shock feelings that kind of come in places. But I kind of feel like, oh, that's really good. I'm ner- actually quite happy. What, the nerves are trying to, like, fire... Yeah, for people that couldn't see, I'm, like, throwing my hands at Katie in a flashing motion. <laughs> it's a very good a, a physical expression yeah. of nerves as, on fire. nerves on fire. As, or nerves trying yeah. to reconnect somehow. You actually didn't have to say nerves on fire. I knew just from that that's what you meant. Nerves are on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how have you been? How have you been feeling? So you had this walk. And I was going to ask that when you said a couple of weeks ago you would have given anything to dance in the rain. Yeah, I guess that's... I love your interpretation. I said walk in the rain, but of course you would interpret that as dance in the rain. I love it, you fire rhythms, girl. I think get your Fred Astaire on, you know. Get your brolly out and start slushing in the pavements. But I don't know, is there anything that when you were at isolation room that you were like, this is on my wish list for when I get out, I really want to go for a massive walk and, I don't know, kick puddles or, you know. A lot of it when I was there was just about wanting to be outside in nature. I remember seeing an astrologist years ago and he said to me, you get your power back when you're in nature. And I was like, oh, hmm, okay, I'll have that. Great, yeah, he's right. I do, I do, I definitely get back. And I really love to be in nature. And what I did when in isolation, was it wasn't so much about this is what I want to do when I get out. I just had a lot of memories of places Mm. that I liked and that I'm happy in, and I just went back to those places. That's such a good thing to do, so you can kind of draw on the strength from those and put your body in that place again, mentally. Yeah, Yeah, and that's really powerful, and I do often think when I'm in a beautiful place, you know, or on a holiday, or feeling relaxed, or having a lovely walk, like, I do try and take the mental picture of all those feelings, what I'm seeing, everything. And it did, you know, that, I think, is, you know, part of what, like that definitely helped Got you in isolation through, yeah. to be able to drift yeah. off to those places again when you were when you couldn't actually physically be there. Yeah, I spoke to my nurse. We had a, quite a long chat a couple of days ago, and I said to her, "Look, I, I really want some clarity now because I've had so many different scans. It's so hard to do that like for like." And I mm. said, "You know, I want to know 
what I was going into surgery and what I am now. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I want to see those scans. And I said, because obviously it's so disappointing, the iodine did nothing. And she said, well, it didn't do nothing, Katie. She said, it went to some residual tissue Mm -hmm. in the neck area. She said, now that could have been cancer, some cancer that was there. Mm -hmm. It just didn't go down to the chest area and the lungs. So... I kind of felt like, oh, okay, it wasn't complete. I mean, what was it for? You know, these awful... But that feels different to what you told me last week, that, like, it didn't work at all. So, like, it it was knocking off, like, bits of remaining... You don't know if those tissues had cancer in it or if, you know, so it has done something, yeah? Exactly. And I think what happens is, like, the report goes to Kate Newbold and, you know, she's kind of reading it and then she's speaking to me and she's like, I've got the report, but, you know, like, she still she needs, needs some clarity. Yeah. Like, she needs to digest that language it. Yeah. Need. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I had my scan a couple of days ago, which was the CT scan, which is the contrast where you feel like you're doing a wee. And I've talked about that I remember before. it well, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I go back and I see Kate Newbold like a week after that mm-hmm. scan. So I've kind of, again, I've done a lot of administration managing mm-hmm. and I've said to like the team, you know, I really want to know in that appointment what's what. Yeah. And also what I've said is, because I, I've started the entrectinib again, so Good, we'll okay. talk about that in a yeah. minute. But having had to go from Chelsea to Sutton that very first time I picked up the treatment, I said to, again, in kind of admin email, please make sure the entrectinib is where it needs to be when I go back yeah. to see Kate Newbold. So, you know, now I've kind of put that out there. Do you have to go to Sutton every time to collect your prescription? Or, sh- or should it? No, it should, that's, should, the that's the point. It I'm, should be in London. You should be able to, it like... It should be. Yeah. But if they're not prepared, because just writing me a prescription and me going to the pharmacy in the hospital to collect it, particularly with ontrectinib, you know, with most of the drugs, that's fine. But mm. with ontrectinib, they don't keep it in stock. Right. I mean, it's a really expensive drug. Yeah. Just and it's lying not around. Used, yeah, yeah. It's not used by many people. So they have to make sure it's there. So it's like, it's actually for the doctor or the oncologist to, to kind of give them the heads up mm-hmm. before she writes me a prescription. But on that point, I got... Claire, I've actually had like quite a lot of nice engagement from listeners. Yay! I haven't always updated no, you, you about haven't. it. So come on, who's been saying what then? So I got an email from someone. She read the article in The Ham and High, which is my local paper, and they did yeah. a really nice half page. And she went and started listening. And then she realised she knew me from when we were young. No way. Yeah, and then she sent me this really lovely email and we've had an engagement. But one of the things that she said was... You know, it's really important that you have a sense of how to kind of manage your medical team. She Mm -hmm. said, you know, it's really good that you're on top of that stuff. She's in the medical world. She's a virologist. She said, because that can be like... Project management of of this, yep. So that was really interesting feedback. I also got a message from someone on Instagram talking about cancer in her sex life. And she's a single woman and she was like, you know, it's a really interesting subject. And she sent me another podcast to listen to about cancer and sex, which I will listen to. I had a um, guy who, again, a professional who his job is, I think he's like the liaison between like the patient and the pharmacist. Mm -hmm. And he's like really looking at how drugs impact on the patients and stuff. He's been listening and he said it's really helpful to hear how patients experience 
you know what that is and so what I'm saying is this is so wonderful isn't it yeah, like, to this know is, that and also so many different sort of people affected by cancer or involved in cancer treatment that are listening as well like I know yeah. it's really really lovely to get that engagement get that feedback and then what I do find interesting is whether men can or can't listen to the podcast mm. so our lovely producer he said you know I, I think it's really great but I find it quite hard to listen to and I said oh that's because you're a man and he was like is it really and I was like I think so because I do I don't know they shouldn't but I think and maybe that's real generalization but I think it's kind of difficult, more difficult for men to deal with health stuff than women. Do you think that's true or is that but I don't, not fair? I mean, I'd say that could be a sweeping... I don't mean this in a bad way to you or to men, maybe a sweeping generalisation. I think when you are scared, you become avoidant. And I think it's a really natural human trait that you maybe mm. don't... Or maybe you're right, like, maybe they... I don't know what they say about prostate... Well, I guess prostate cancer, like, you know check as soon as something goes awry and if you can I don't know I was going off on a rumble there so maybe it is a male thing that you don't attend to your your health and well-being as much as you might do I don't know the breakdown of the demographic of my listeners but I know on my Instagram which is only a small following about 15% are men and the rest are women but then do you think that's because we're women could be who knows who knows I mean you try to analyze your audience if you? you are a Duh. man listening Please tell us how you found listening to this and, and what it's made you feel and if it's changed how you think about your own health or that would be interesting to know. Like, Yeah. The other thing I wanted to throw in there is Go that on. this lovely producer of ours is donating the fee because obviously this podcast doesn't make any money. I just and who are our producers myself. just so we can give, give them your time for free? Thank you. Alex, Alex, yes, I'll say that again. You give your time for free. Thank you, Claire. Alex at PixU and the fee that he would normally charge he's donating to half to Maggie's and half to the Royal Marsden Hospital. Alex, you goddamn diamond. Really nice. Thank you, really Alex. Special. That is a really you. wonderful, beautiful gesture. And, and on that, Maggie's, I was going to say, yeah. and very good segue, Katie, you pro. <laughs> and on that, Katie, one of the charities that you support on this podcast is Maggie's. Who have we got in the booth today that you've been interviewing? So this week I spoke to Robin Volkers and Robin is the head, the centre head at Maggie's, which is, yeah, exactly, the um, cancer support charity that we support on this podcast okay. and me more, more widely. So let's play the interview. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Oh, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a very sweltering hot day that we're recording this on. But, um... I know, so I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I just wanted to start by asking a little bit about you and your background and how you came to work at Maggie's. I have been a counter nurse for a very long time now. I stopped counting at about 30 years. I think it's probably about 34, somewhere around there. So, and I've been working at Maggie's for... I think 11 years now. So I used to run the online support centre when we had one sort of, when all the online support came from one place, whereas at the start of the pandemic, we, um, we actually moved it to where it should be really, uh, where we had online support across all the centres. Oh, um, I see. And how did you come to work at Maggie's? Like, how did your background bring you there? <laughs> 
I was working in Oxford in the gynae oncology clinical nurse specialist post, and I met chief exec Dame Laura Lee there. And I was used to having a Maggie's locally in Oxford. It was an interim centre at the time when I was there, because the the new building was being built. And she was talking to me about Maggie's and, and just you know sort of and, and plans that they had. And then the opportunity came up for to work online. And because I sort of knew some of the people so well, I just thought it was a great opportunity. I think that I didn't know anything about online at all at the time. I don't think I just just. <laughs> Did you become an online digital expert? I wanted to see if it would work, but yeah, which it did. So yeah, and then from there, I mean, I just loved being at Maggie's, and again, an opportunity arose to to change jobs and and work at the Royal Free, and so I'm absolutely delighted to to be here, really. So Mm, I totally get it. I felt. I mean, first of all, the Royal Free is very local to me. I was actually born at the Royal Free Hospital. Um, but just coming into that centre, I know you're building um, an amazing centre that's going to exist Lovely. sort of next yeah. door. But in the meantime, you guys have done a really good job of kind of making that space feel kind of calming. And there's just, I haven't had a lot of engagement yet. I plan to. But I was just struck immediately with this is a place where I can feel just connected to other people without really having to say too much about what I'm going through. That was quite special, really. That's lovely to hear because, you know, that's the best that we can ask for, really, is that you feel welcome when you come in. And it's, it's we appreciate that it's really difficult for somebody to take that step and, and walk across, you know, walk across the doorway. In our current position inside the hospital, we're also quite difficult to find. So it's hard to find us in the first place. Um, it will be a lot easier when we have our, our lovely new centre. But, mm. we, you know, we don't underestimate how hard it is to walk in that first time. And you probably remember as well, you know, and it makes it very real, you know, that coming in and, and saying, hello, this is me. And I'm looking for some support, even though, you know, most people who come in aren't really sure support is available there at that point. So it's, it's a bit So tell me a bit more about that then. What do Maggie's do and why is it important to people either going through cancer or have been infected by cancer in some way? I think what we do really depends very much on what the person coming to us needs. So that person might be somebody who has cancer themselves. It might be somebody who's worried that they're about to get a diagnosis of cancer might be somebody who's worried that because another family member has cancer that they're going to get cancer. It may be somebody who was treated a long time ago. They might now, you know, might, for example, be somebody who's treated with cancer as a, as a child who's now having effects on their fertility and it's only just now that they've realised that, you know, the, the, long, the impact of the long-term effects. It might be somebody who's starting treatment or unsure about treatment or or someone whose treatment that's been going on for a long time, or someone who has learned that their cancer isn't curable as well. Anyone under a sort of, for want of a better way of putting it, a cancer umbrella, it sounds like anyone affected. And also, alongside that, anybody connected to to some say we also see people who have are bereaved because of cancer a person who died doesn't have to have been supported by maggie's beforehand they may be supported by someone in a different center they might live live, live somewhere we see people who are teachers of you know worried about someone with with cancer in their class or colleague or you know 
So it could be any connection at all, really. What does Maggie's actually do? So you, you seem to work with people from all different walks of life, as you say, but what, what is it that you offer? Absolutely. So, well, Mondays to Fridays, 9 to 5, we have drop-in. So anybody can just walk in, don't need an appointment, don't need a referral from anywhere, walk in and talk to one of our cancer support specialists, which usually have a background either as a cancer nurse or a radiographer. So you can come and just, just have a, a talk. We don't wear uniforms. We don't have big name badges or anything. We just have a lot of cups of tea. <laughs> and, um, we're there, we'll get sit and have a chat with you over a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, and just talk about where you're at and what's happening. From there, we will, having sort of learned a bit more about you, we use our experience to know sort of where, you know, how you're managing and what would help support you. And then we have a number of different options. So in our team, we have benefits and debt advisor who can, because often, you know, coming in and you know, treatment may mean that you're not working as much as normal, might not might have extra transport costs, you might need to have the heating turned up more or to different, need a fridge to keep various, you know, various medicines in or something. So all extra, extra costs and our benefits advisor can not only check what benefits someone's entitled to and also their family, can also help with debts, managing any debt, existing debts or excess bills, because we want anybody coming in to be able to focus on, on them themselves. Mm. Not Don't need the additional that. worries and concerns on top of a cancer diagnosis or cancer, you know, however cancer plays out in your mind. I remember you asking me, that was one of the first things you asked me was, you know, am I okay financially? Sometimes it's just good to get that out of the way because it's to find out what somebody's worried about because if you deal with the big worry that's there, then it enables you just to actually focus on you and take it back mm. to looking after yourself and finding that space. We have a psychologist on the team to sort of some individual work where necessary and then alongside that we also do lots of groups and we sort of talk through the we'll talk through the timetable with somebody who's who's new and um, explains. So all the things are there for a reason. They're all there because they help in some way to manage the experience of either supporting someone with cancer or having having cancer before, during, and after treatment. So we focus on a lot of different types of exercise. So I'm always going on about how good exercise is for you and it's about having the right exercise at the right time and in a way delivered by someone who understands your condition. So we have expert sessional workers who come and help us. So we do Qigong, which is like Tai Chi, really good for joints, really good for balance, really good for, really good for your head as well. So, you know, we're looking after physical things as well as so we do yoga we have mat yoga we have chair yoga and we also have an exercise instructor um, called carolyn who comes in once a week she takes a group off nordic walking on hampstead heath so the local may see people walking up there and she also does group exercise class I mean, we hear so many people coming from it. I have to check that they are actually doing exercise every now and then, but they definitely are. I did her class. It was brilliant. Definitely want to do it again. I remember just because I had a few heart issues at the time, I was just a bit concerned. But she just totally, you know, 
she was just brilliant she was like a real laugh and then you just felt really safe with her you know oh I've you know I've done training at the gym I'm very skilled at this but of course like I had to sit on a chair and kind of like you know move my legs about and you felt an impact I have to say I did feel an impact and it was really effective when you're someone who's used to doing exercise it's really hard to kind of downsize it and a lot of people think they'll just go back to the gym but actually then that just reinforces what you can't do or else if you do sort of something completely different for a while and just with someone who knows which bits to work on and it's yeah. it's quite nice in a group in the environment definitely exactly and you, it's easy to then chat to the other people I mean I think it's probably quite easy for everyone to talk anyway when they're there and all of these activities are free, aren't they? You do, do you do art therapy as well? We have uh, an expressive art class just finished today for a couple of hours a week. And we set up a great big table and there's all sorts of paints and clays and crayons and pencils and anything. People do collage. You don't actually have to be good at art. In fact, I love way. the sound of it. I'm terrible at art, but I definitely want to try that. It actually helps if probably the art therapy tells me if you're not good at art because then you focus less on the art and more on and it is amazing. I mean it's a great long table and it ends up with some you know, talking through some really tough topics because I mean that's what we're here for really, you know, in terms of yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of laughter here, but also there are some really difficult conversations and it's in the supportive group those difficult conversations mm. are less difficult and it's really helpful for people in all different situations and along timelines and things to hear from other people and how they're managing as well. So of all the activities that you offer is there one you think is the most impactful or is that too hard to kind of pinpoint? I think it really depends on what you're struggling with to start with as to what you find the most impactful but I think the the real thing that we're trying to do over everything is to help everyone who comes in to gain back some control because you get you know, so many requests for appointments and called here there and everywhere and you know you can be used to running your own life and suddenly it's like oh come for this treatment come for that test come for this here's a here's a letter and actually we're saying here's a space the space is yours you know come in make yourself a cup of tea cup of coffee sit down, have a chat, you know, we're here if you need us. And also we've got these things to help you find you again. Mm. Um, and just try some different things. And some people, you know, come in at first and they're like, oh, I'm not doing any of that art stuff. Oh, no, not <laughs> I go, just have a go, you know, go along for one week. If you don't like it, no problem, absolutely fine. And then Oh, go, the, the okay. gentle nudge. I bet you've perfected that now, Robin, haven't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And the same with kind of, you know, exercise or yoga or something, you know. And it's like nine times out of ten, it will be, actually, do you know what, that was great. Or, you know, sometimes it's like, that one wasn't for me, but I'm going to try something else. Mm. You, know? And you know what I've been thinking about lately? I mean, this is, again, not because it's I'm at this stage by any means, but how do you deal with people who transition out of treatment or having cancer and people who kind of move into another phase because I imagine that that must be a really hard that kind of rehabilitation almost back into normal life which will never be the same again is that another thing that you consider 
Yeah, I think that's it. That it's 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 not normal. You know, it, it, I think so one of the one of the times that many people find it's the most difficult is actually when they finish treatment, so, because you'd be very lonely and sort of you know been been around sort of you know the hospital staff and seeing people on a weekly basis, feel reassured, you can ask questions. It takes a while to kind of you know to learn to trust your body again and to to not worry about every single niggle and things and um, so mm. after treatment we're here as well we do a six-week post-treatment course called where now um, and that has input from and goal setting from one of our exercise instructors and also a nutritional ther nutritional therapist and it's run by a cancer support specialist and a psychologist together and it's a small group normally of about six six people who have either are about to finish treatment or are close to there's time and time again I, I get people coming to me and, and sometimes people don't use Maggie's until they finish treatment you know, for various reasons and they come and they say I just don't feel like me I think I'm losing the plot I think I'm going mad and it's a normal reaction many people say to me oh I cope really well during treatment and now I don't feel I can Mm, makes a lot of sense to me because you know you've been through such a huge life change and then what are you supposed to do when you come through the other side of that so I think that's really important that you know you're there in, in like you say all those different stages so I think it's brilliant what does the new centre the Royal Free New Centre what does that have in store what can we expect and the architect's really important special guy isn't he who's designed that so we're incredibly lucky that daniel leapskind has, has designed our new center so very well-known architect and it's phenomenal building i mean i'm lucky enough that the building team work very closely with us here so i see them each day so i can ask we can see the build out the window mm. so I'm, i've learned a lot about groundworks and just started putting the steels up at the moment so it's very exciting I've learned a lot about building it will be an amazing center but firstly it's a it's in the grounds of the Royal Free Hospital but it's not actually within the hospital itself so it will be much easier to find which is a definite bonus but the rooms from the pictures that I've seen just incredible I mean just beautiful spaces I and mean, anybody who's been to any of our other centers will know that we we do very fancy buildings and um, they are incredible to look at but they're actually fancy for a reason i mean they the atmosphere that they create is what's important for us and and they're really special places mm. someone described it to me as soho house for cancer <laughs> which I thought was brilliant and the Sutton one looks really nice and I'm going to be heading there so I will definitely check that one out. When's it opening Robin? Oh I couldn't get a date on that yet we're definitely still in the building stage we hope to finish complete the building by the end of the year and then obviously we have to do all the decorating. Mm. <laughs> yeah it always takes longer. We all so know let's, that. Let's say early, early 2023. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. Like, that's as much as I can say, but it will be a lot bigger than the centre that we're currently in, and it will have a garden. Mm, up, lovely. Up on the second floor, so it will be absolutely beautiful. So we'll be able to do yoga and chigong outside and have other workshops outside as well, and it will be nice and closed. So. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. And lastly, just to finish up, what's the best way for people to 
find Maggie's fundraise support? How do people go about that for the listeners? The easiest way is very welcome just to get in touch with us, you know, just to come in. Um, we're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. You can always phone us. Uh, we're on 0203-981-4840. Or you can email us at royal3 at maggies.org. Um, and all our details are on our website, which is maggies.org. And if people want to, very good, if people want to help raise funds or, or support in some way, how do they go about doing that? We have two fundraisers in the centre. Um, Helen, who's the fundraising manager, and Kate, who works with her. And we can always just put them straight in, straight in touch. And we have all sorts of things on. So there's exciting things like wing walking and um, abseiling as well. Mm. <laughs> Uh, for those of us who don't run um, <laughs> because a couple of us are musicians rather than sportsmen so uh, sports people we will be having a carol concert in December so <laughs> lovely yeah <laughs> so and we get we get we perform in that as well so uh, you know. <laughs> brilliant so, well that sounds fun walking there. <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you so much for talking to me today robin that's well, really well. lovely to chat and find out more about Megan center and i hope to see you soon yeah absolutely you know where we are if you need us oh that was such a nice chat it was lovely yeah really lovely I think what I found so interesting about just listening to it is, well, she talked a lot about what we just said about you've got to project manage your treatment. And that can feel really overwhelming, like you've lost control. Or she was saying, you know, you're living your day-to-day life and then suddenly you've got to be at, at that appointment, you've got to be at this hospital, you've got to be having bloods done here, you've got to be picking up a prescription there. And people feel like they've lost control so that when they come to Maggie's, it's this calm space where, and it really moved me what she said, where you can find you again. And also what you said, where I don't have to explain to everybody what's going on with me, because I've just crossed over the threshold and like, I'm here with other people that have cancer that implicitly understand how I feel and where I'm at, and are there to support you. I know, it's really amazing. I know these organisations exist, but I'm always just blown away that there is this compassion, this embrace of compassion and care that is available, you know, for free, that it's a free service that you can go and you can go and use. And I love the image of you doing chair yoga. And I also really want to, you to go to some art therapy. I want to see what you come back with. But if you don't know Katie, because yeah. I, I know Katie like visually as well as verbally, Katie has the most incredible style. She's one of the most, like, colourful people I know. You're always immaculately put together and your house is full of, like, beautiful art and amazing colours. And I just think there is a creative soul in there, Katie. There is a, there is a visual expressionist in you that I think it's time we, we brought it out in some art therapy, maybe. Yeah, I want to see what the you art make. art therapy will be interesting. Yeah. But do you know what's interesting about that? Like, I don't feel like I put myself together at all. I mean, even if... If you look at some of my Instagram posts, I'm an absolute mess, especially recently. But my home... Your home is beauty. Did did I talk about this last week? No. How much my home is an expression of me. And one of the things I really struggled with when I came home from hospital, and for those three weeks where I just couldn't do anything, was my home was not in the ship shape order. 
that I normally have it in. And when I was telling my friends, they were like, that's just control, Katie. You're just losing control. It's just a control thing you've got to let go. And I was like, it's definitely more mm. than control because it's I've lost a part of me of how yes. I express myself yeah. through my home. That's another thing that this astrologist actually that's said to me. That's how you express yourself. Years ago. Yeah. He said, you're a real homebody and you, you know, yeah, you love your home and that's your big creative yeah. output for you. And it is. Some people say to me, you should be an interior designer. And I said, I couldn't work for other people. I just love yeah, doing no, it myself. You're very I love skilled it. at it. So that's the thing that I love. And that was something I lost and I really noticed it. And you know what I started doing yesterday what? when I came home? I started like clearing out my kitchen <laughs> and throwing stuff away and moving stuff around. And what are you doing? Like, yeah. He's like, I know you're back. Yeah, 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 you're back, you're back. This yeah. is the woman I know. Yeah, so, you know, I will do some art therapy. I think Maggie's is amazing. You know, it's really weird. I've only been the once, Claire. Mm -hmm. Like, I've thought about going quite a few more times, didn't really feel the energy, but I definitely am looking towards, like, an autumn where I can go more yeah. regularly. The art therapy, the Nordic walking on the heat. Yes, so yes, I, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, Katie, Katie would be f name at the top of the list for that one. Yeah, you yeah. should come. Yeah. That's the other thing, Claire. You could go to Maggie's just as rightfully as I could, you know, well, anyone tell me, could tell me and i'll tell me and i'll join the nordic walking yeah anyone affected by cancer in any way even if it was like 10 years ago even if it's their neighbor who's got it or had it like yeah. and it's great so it was really yeah it was really lovely and the thing about the royal free i mean they're they are based everywhere obviously robin mm. is at, based at that one so if you're listening around the country and i think there are some around the world maggies.org that's the website the one they're building at the royal free i mean he was responsible he built the ground zero daniel, memorial daniel liebskin yeah oh you're familiar yeah. with him are you yeah no no i mean i know the name i mean i couldn't tell you what he's built but i know him as like a you know prestigious yeah. renowned architect he's done yeah. the ground zero memorial i think he's done the, the berlin jewish museum i think that's mm -hmm. right so anyway that it's going to be an amazing amazing building that's like I don't know, it will probably take a while. To... Next year, next, next year, year, next, next year. year. So, yeah, it was lovely to chat to her. And she's always, you know, when I've obviously engaged with her over doing this interview, she's always like, and how are you? You know, she's... Yeah. Yeah, it was very kind of her to give, give her time. Thank you, Robin. And thank you, Maggie's. Definitely. And you're waiting for scan results, So I started right? the entrectinib yeah. three days ago. Yes, of course. And... Yeah. I'm starting to get that funny taste in my mouth. But the thing is, this time I started on the lower dose. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of interested, like, is my, you know, I'm really interested. My body just going to go, oh, it's you again. Oh, this is easy. We've had you before. Like, yeah. I mean, I feel good on it. And then I realise, like, I've spent six weeks n on no cancer treatment. Still got cancer, by the way, you know, yeah. pre yeah. and post-surgery. So yeah. I'm sure a lot of that recovery and the exhaustion, you know, so much is going on in yeah. my body. Yeah. I was just quite relieved to get back on it, to be honest. And is it in a bottle with a crystal? Of course it is, darling. Of course it is. Okay, good. Just checking. Always. Just checking. Always. Just so, yes, checking. I'm waiting to see Kate Newbold next week to go through the scan results. They're keeping an eye on my bloods. That's the calcium thing. It's kind of hovering over... You know, it's hovering over a less dangerous number. Okay. So I'm still taking loads of meds for that. And rather excitingly, I'm going to be speaking to, maybe for the podcast, maybe not, a researcher at the Institute of Cancer Research who is, he specialises in targeted therapy and like mutating genes. And so that's going to be an interesting chat. And then I might, I might also interview him for the podcast, but I'm going to speak How to amazing. him personally. So you're just going to speak to him just because you've got, you've got, you've got, I know you've got questions. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That would be yeah. amazing. Well, I hope, I hope that turns up some answers or some new routes Me to look too. into. Me too. Wow. What a thing. What a thing. 
I don't think I've got any more questions, my love. Oh, it's nice to see you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening to this week's Talking With Cancer. Feel free to share the show or give us a review on Apple's podcast, Spotify or Google. It could help other people find out about us and might help someone you don't know who's got questions about cancer. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Either via our Instagram, which is talking underscore with cancer, or you can email us hello at talkingwithcancer.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye.